0: Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast for you. Enchanté. Hi, hi, and welcome. I'm
1: classy. And I'm Nick.
0: And thanks for joining us on Talk a Variety Talk Show where we talk about anything and nothing at all and hopefully get you talking too. Indeed. Yeah.
1: I couldn't come up with a nickname this time, so I figured, ha, hey, screw it. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs>
0: that doesn't always have to be a thing, right? Uh,
1: I wanted it to, but you know, it's weird. My name just doesn't really lend itself to nicknamery. Like, I feel like if I did first name, oh. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't even think about it. No, I, I feel like if I did first and last name, I could come up with a lot more. Like if I were to say Nick Wester, boy genius. But Nick, boy genius. I don't know. It doesn't flow. But how have you been? I haven't. We haven't done, recorded for a little while. I've been good, actually.
0: I've been really good. Cool. And I think um, so what's funny is the theme of this week. And we can actually just delve like right into the question. Then I think let's
1: jump right in. Cannonball. Yeah,
0: let's just fucking jump right in i've been good because i've been focusing on being like off computer more and focusing more on some of the hobbies that i enjoy in real life <laughs> right and uh and kind of just getting back to you know things that i enjoy that don't take up so much of my time and also mm-hmm. just I, don't require me to be on screen or social media or anything all that off it's kind of just for me. And so it's it's really nice to get back to that. So my question for us this week are what are some non-computer, non-social media, like, you know, electronic world related hobbies that you have that you either... Wish you did more or are doing more?
1: That is a very, what's the word I'm looking for? Timely question. That's a very timely one because, so if you remember, several months back, I sent you a mysterious package. That company that I got that through is now doing another thing called uh, the Curious Correspondence Club. And so I signed up for that. I bought a year-long subscription. So each month they send me a little puzzle. And so I got the first one uh, just, uh, mm, I think maybe a week ago I got it, and uh, I've been digging into that. Unfortunately, I've been a little bit busy, so I only had maybe an hour to futz around with it uh, the first time around. Um, I think actually I'm going to jump into that more once we finish recording. But beyond that, like um, our main shared hobby is board games. Mm -hmm. and i've been trying to do more of that but the thing is you know it's hard when there's no one else in the room or you know what i mean you can't because of social distancing so what i've been doing lately is finding good solitaire games so if you recall several episodes ago i mentioned uh, city skylines that board game and i've just been playing that quite a bit actually it's it's a real good uh solo game
0: very cool Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i actually i don't I don't know how many people know this. I know some people do, but um, weekly we've been hanging out because we were hanging out with these people up until the shelter-in-place order and then beyond, and we only hang out with each other. And so it's like a very small, insular group. Um, But we play board games every single Saturday night all throughout the pandemic, except for when my roommates tested positive, of Hmm. course, then we didn't
1: yeah you're responsible yeah
0: when i was home thinking that i had covid we didn't of course um but almost every single saturday night (laughs) um we play board games a whole bunch too but i've actually been getting back into hand and brush lettering a whole bunch i started to do that on stream and so stream saw some of my first ever practices of it and with it But it's actually something that's really peaceful for me to just kind of sit in bed and just kind of do some practice because it's something that you need to practice really regularly to get much better at. Mm hmm. Like most hobbies and so i've just been doing a bunch of that and it's really kind of therapeutic almost i actually doodle with words so i've always um (laughs) it's kind of weird i will always doodle with like cursive words and i do cursive rhyming words so like i just think of all the words in my head that i can think of that rhyme and i will curse them out on my piece of paper and sometimes if a meeting is long enough my like piece of paper will just be covered, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's always how I've doodled ever since I was a very young kid. And so also when we were learning to even like write and write our names and write the alphabet, I would write it over and over and over again. It was something that I loved practicing. So my handwriting is fairly clear and people comment how neat it is and stuff like mm-hmm. that. This was kind of just a natural progression from those kind of just seemingly, you know, non-meaningful things into a meaningful Mm. hobby. I can't talk. (laughs) Hobby. And so I've been doing more of that. And then also, so my mom's whole side of the family have like major green thumbs and like they've always been gardeners. And as a kid, I would always go to nurseries with my mom and my grandma and my aunts and stuff like that. And I never did. <laughs> like, I had, like, the least green thumb. I, like, would kill everything. But I since, like, got a couple of house plants, and I kept a couple of them alive. And so I was like, okay, Yay! you know, yeah. And so... Because I kept a couple of those alive, I've since bought, like, 10 more plants (laughs) within, like, a (laughs) few days. And I'm going to, like, hopefully keep all of them alive as well. But I've been really getting into, like, I don't know what you would call that houseplant gardening, indoor gardening.
1: Yeah, indoor garden. That sounds right. Yeah. That also answers the question I was going to ask. I was going to ask if you were planting inside or outside.
0: Yeah, inside right now. um, But because I, you know, rent a couple of rooms from my roommate i don't really like mess with her garden Mm because she actually is really into gardening and nice maybe it'll be something that we do together in the future but right now i'm just trying to like keep my indoor plants alive (laughs) (laughs) and then we'll see what i do with outdoor plants so
1: that's really cool i had a question about uh indoor plants because this is a thing that i So at work, we have some people have plants on their desks and I was watering them, been watering them uh, while they're out of the office. The thing is, you know, that went from being a three week thing to being a an eight month thing. And now I'm starting to wonder, like, do I ever have to change? And maybe you're too new. Who knows? But do I ever have to change soil? Number one. And number two, all we have are fluorescent lights. Like there's no direct sunlight into them. Is that going to kill them?
0: No, actually a lot of indoor plants um, do, it depends on the plant, um, Mm -hmm. but a lot of them will do fine under fluorescent. They actually, they still get nutrients from the fluorescent lighting somehow. Um, The soil thing, um, yeah, like I've read places that you should change it out like every six months or so. Mm. I don't know that many people that actually do that. Um, (laughs) So yeah i i cool. wouldn't worry about that but yeah. i did say ooh when you said you were watering because some plants like oh plants are all across the board on whether they want to be watered regularly like if their soil should be kept moist or if it, they you should let them dry out entirely before you water them so that's the one thing that i'm like hmm you might mm. kill them that way because <laughs> you can yes. over water for sure and they can also get root rot if they um, don't drain well and it, it's like less soggy too often. So,
1: yes, uh, my coworker Lena gave me good advice on that, which was just water them when they ask for water. Yes. And I had to be a little bit more. Can you explain that? Because I know they don't talk to me. So what she said it's basically, <laughs> yeah, if the leaves look a little bit droopy or uh, if they start to curl a little bit, then, you know, just toss in some water. And so, yeah, I haven't been overwatering, that's for sure. I have definitely been uh, a little inconsistent. Sometimes I just forget about it. And uh, so there are weeks where they go without any water at all. So we're good on that front. But that's really cool, though. Uh, another friend of ours has been tending her garden as well and uh, it seems like that is a really uh, rewarding hobby for for right now.
0: Yeah, well because it's like it's almost like you're plant babies, you know? <laughs> so it's like you're keeping something alive. Plus like there's a lot of research out there about how it helps with mental health, mm-hmm. um especially having plants around and greenery around and live living things in your space. So, yeah, no, that it's a very it can be a very rewarding thing and yeah i've actually been talking to anna a whole bunch um about it and sh- she and i've been like coaxing each other into buying other plants and <laughs> stuff like that so yeah
1: peer pressuring one another for yeah. plant life
0: but it's actually fun because my friend uh cassie who i met through twitch uh, hello Kathy, she... yeah <laughs> cassie um so he got a marimo moss ball to keep in an aquarium because they they're live living moss balls that grow in uh like bottoms of lakes and rivers and stuff like that. And they keep their ball form because of the currents in those things. Mm-hmm. And so I actually just got a few marimo moss balls as well. And they're living in their own aquarium. And my roommates were like, are you going to get fish? And I was like, no these are my pets
1: now (laughs) they're much better pets yeah
0: so and those are fun
1: no i i understand what you're saying about them being your your babies because at my old uh my old duplex that you went to a couple of times there was that little planter out front and i don't know if you ever saw anything growing in there because unfortunately we had feral cats and the feral cats decided that it was their planter Mm. but yeah well uh i learned if you put I forget, it's cinnamon or nutmeg but one of those two uh oh cayenne pepper that's what it is uh in the in the soil that'll scare them off they don't like the the uh smell of it i guess but mm. for a while i was growing nasturtiums in there nasturtiums nasturtiums,
0: nasturtiums.
1: okay cool i've only ever yeah. seen it written out and honestly i've only ever seen it written out in Brian Jacques' Redwall Abbey series of novels, where uh, mice and badgers were knights and stuff. Um, yeah, there was a, a little mouse named uh, Abbess nasturtium So anyway, yeah, I had those, and they it felt really good when they started to grow. And the the woman who are the my sister-in-law's grandmother, who owned the duplex that I was living in, she lived in the one of the units as well, would come out and just look at them and talk to me about them. And it was so cool. But then, unfortunately, as I said, the feral cats came and, yeah, bad things happened. So I have wanted to, to grow flowers again because it was just so nice to have. But unfortunately, there's just uh, no opportunity to do it in my current uh, current apartment complex.
0: Well, there are some indoor flowers you can grow um like african violets those are something that will grow inside you definitely want to have them kind of like on a windowsill with some sunshine though um if you have that but um african violets are really pretty and they they will grow indoors
1: i have a very small windowsill that uh i kept a plant on for a little while Uh, that same friend that i mentioned earlier uh, lena she has an aloe Yes, an aloe vera plant in her yard that she snipped off pieces of and gave them to people at work. Yeah, and I had it on there and it was doing very well. And then one day at about one in the morning, I opened my window because I was very tired and it uh, fell right off. I named her Carol carol fell to death uh but yeah carol rest in power carol but yeah those those are very good hobbies i was i was thinking because you mentioned the calligraphy thing that when i was real little i was into all sorts of little tiny hobbies and um calligraphy was one and handwriting analysis was another one handwriting analysis is a bunch of bunkum there's no science to it don't ever let anyone (laughs) say it but um One of the things I've been doing more, I actually did it for the first time in a long time yesterday, and I mentioned it before, and I used to do it as a child, is roller skating. It's finally not too hot, number one, not too on fire, number two, and not too COVID-y, number three, that I was able to go out yesterday and skate down to the Wiener Schnitzel, buy some food, eat it, and come home.
0: And it's also very trendy right now. So you're very
1: on trend. Yeah, yeah. I did not know that when I ordered them, but then within by the time I got them, uh, I was listening to podcasts and they just kept talking about, oh, I ordered some roller skates and I did this and did that. I'm like, wow, I, I really picked a good time to buy them so that they still exist. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, Yeah. No, there's a ton of like TikTok and Instagram videos and stuff like that out there of people roller skating down. You know, like Southern California streets with all the palm trees that are lined. And yeah, so it's very on trend right now.
1: Get a pair for yourself and then we'll go skating, not in your neighborhood. (laughs) We'll go (laughs) find someplace flat. We'll go find a parking lot somewhere and then just skate in circles 10 feet apart.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll if that ever happens <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'll tell you it's a real it is actually a real good exercise which reminds me to follow up on you but i was gonna say real fast it's a real good exercise uh my legs and my booty i feel like i'm gonna i'm gonna be popping pretty soon but i meant to follow up on you because when we first started you you were starting to exercise we would talk about that from time to time are you uh, still on the uh, exercise regime or have you moved on to other things
0: yeah, no, I'm I'm still getting small workouts in Good. here and there. I definitely need to be better about it, um, especially my diet. I've let my diet kind of go again and
1: no shame.
0: Uh, some shame. I am really trying to just be healthy overall, right? Like it's not really a matter of wait for me although I mean there is that aspect too you know because it's like I want to feel good in my clothes and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff but that's not as big of the issue for me as it is my like health you know as I get older mm-hmm. and okay I watch you know my mom and my dad and my grandma and just like my grandma I just realized by the way too uh the other day that my grandma's 86 years old
1: oh wow yeah, yeah
0: and I was like holy shit well because she looks so much younger than that honestly like my mom's whole side of the family are really blessed with like looking much younger than they are and and like maintaining their youthful look for a very long time so yeah my grandma looks a lot younger than that but her body's definitely not um and so i mean it's still relatively healthy but she's having yeah. all kinds of major back issues and my mom's always had major back issues and knee issues and my, my dad's always had major shoulder issues and major knee issues. And so I'm like, OK, <laughs> you know what? I got to do everything I can to like get my health up to par. Wow. So
1: Yes, yeah, especially those knees and ankles. Oh, man, those joints are those are brutal. Um, it's funny what you mentioned there, because my mom, my mom is 76 now, born in 1944, May 11th. Uh social security number? No. Um <laughs> made a name of no uh but she's 76. And it's funny to me. I was gonna ask you if you've had the same thing, but like do you still think of your parents and your grandma as a certain age? Like in my mind, my mom is still now 50 is still a little bit old, but that's because she had us older than most. My mom was 38 when I was born. Ooh, I'm um, my mom's age. I gotta have a kid now. I must have a son. Uh. <laughs>
0: I'm anyway. not asking you.
1: No, um, anyway, so do you still think of your parents as like, I still think of my mom as in her 50s or, uh, maybe like her very early 60s when she was really active?
0: Um, that's a good question. I think, I think when I'm just talking to them like through text or the phone or something like that, I think of them as like 40s, 50s, mm-hmm. but. Whenever I see them, I see their age. Right. Yeah. Like I see my dad having to use a cane now and kind of he's older. So he gosh, how old is he now? He is 69. Nice. Um sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm a child, I
1: apologize.
0: <laughs> yeah. So he's sixty-nine oh. and um, you know, and he's had all kinds of um sports-related injuries and exercise-related injuries and things like that. And he actually can't travel anywhere now because oh. he's been having falling spells for the last, like, couple Ooh. years. Um, And the doctors can't figure out why. <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of weird. So that's why yeah. they basically don't want him traveling because they're, like— yeah like we don't know what's causing it so we can't really like help you or you know predict when they might happen or anything like that Mm -hmm. so i think it's a mix of both you know it's like if i'm just talking to them i still see them as like kind of my formative years that 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 age that they were but if i'm in with them in person i definitely see their age Mm. Um, but moving right along, talking about Andy. kind of generational uh, growing upness, uh, <laughs> we were fortunate enough to grow up in a time where we knew a world without internet mm-hmm. and we've known a world with internet, right? So I think um, we can take a more, um, we have just have a much different lens. Of the internet than i think the current generations because they know nothing else they don't know a world without mm-hmm. the internet and
1: without fast so. internet at that at that point <laughs> yeah yeah
0: <laughs> yeah they were oh my god i was watching a meme where some kids like just as a random tangent um, some kids were watching or like hearing the sound <laughs> of a dial-up modem and not knowing what yeah. the fuck it was <laughs>
1: sorry I that's was extremely like, I know, funny
0: yeah and like i know what that is in my bones you know mm-hmm. it's like the second i hear that first like like kind of noise you know or just even the like white noise of the like first kind of connection sound I'm like oh I know what's coming next (laughs) right Mm -hmm. like I can I can hear it in my head as clear as day right Mm -hmm. but yeah the generations now they're just uh flooded with social media and like all this just News at their fingertips just constant, 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 whether it's fake, real, um just they're constantly bombarded with information, regardless of if it's true or not. and so this week, we both watched a social dilemma, which is basically a, a documentary, I think is kind yeah. of a a weird way to look at it, um but nonfiction kind of analysis of social media and kind of what it's doing to us i honestly like part of um so i watched it well before nick did i think i told you about it yes yeah um and i was like watch this seriously just watch it because it's what i've been kind of saying for a long time but didn't know that it was totally a thing and that it was as deep as it goes <laughs> right and since watching that I have really tried to disconnect more and reconnect with more of those things that make me happy as opposed to some of the things that can either make me happy or sad <laughs> um and finding myself in a much better space and a much better headspace overall and I cannot stress that it's probably a very strong correlation to me choosing to disconnect from social media more, which is funny because I'm going to be starting streaming up again (laughs) this week. But, um, you know, so I'm going to have to find that balance. It'll be really interesting. And so I want to hear what you thought about it, because I've honestly been thinking about this nonstop for like, since whenever it came out.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. No. So, I had a similar, similar, but different. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm trying to think of the ways of saying it without sounding. So I have to to jump to the end first to say that overall, after weeks of, uh, of seeing, I saw it like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, with that much time to think about it, I like it now. I like it and its message. And what really clicked for me was the last five minutes and by the last five minutes i mean inclusive of the credit sequence yeah where several of the talking heads throughout the documentary were talking about what you should do to to improve your social media use because up until that point uh i was watching it and thinking yeah i know this shit i don't care whatever this is really didactic this is really um not like this isn't very revelatory, and I didn't I was just like, alright, whatever. So I was actually getting kind of annoyed by just how straw man some of the arguments were, especially mm-hmm. in the the semi-fictional version uh things that were going on, and especially the stuff with Pete from uh Mad Men. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I love Vincent Kornheiser and I will never begrudge him a paycheck. But three Vincent Kornheisers uh of varying clothes pontificating with one another I was just like, this is such a straw man. But the reason I came around to it was at the very end when they're explaining, here's what you should do to make your, to use social media more responsibly, more less so that it affects you and all that kind of stuff. And I had already been doing all of that. Like I already on Instagram, I follow, I think, actually, I know how many people I follow because they're the ones that see my stories. So I follow 17 to 20 people and three dogs that are dogs <laughs> of my friends. Yeah. And two companies, one that I is that I work for, and then I follow Paradox Games, because I just I love Paradox. I love all of the games that they make. Yeah. And so I'm like, sure, why not? So that is all that I follow. I followed for like 10 minutes one meme account that was that was really funny. But they would post 15 things a day and it would just clog up my feed so I just unfollowed them and said fuck this. Um, I, with Instagram I keep all, because I only follow so many people, it's always in um, uh, timeline order. So it's not choosing what I see. I'm seeing literally everything my friends and their dogs post. In Twitter I follow just my close personal friends and then about a dozen comedians and um, not even politicians. I don't follow politicians because I figure anything that they say that interests me, A, number one, I'm probably just going to agree with it, and B, number two, uh, I'll find find out about it through the news. So I follow a couple of comedians, and I follow probably 20, 30 friends, and then that's about it. And I have all push notifications turned off, so I don't see this person liked your thing this person posted a, a new idea or whatever that sort of thing i don't see all that stuff that they were talking about like in the documentary there is a point where vincent Kornheiser is like uh oh our guy and that guy looks so familiar i don't know who he was the he's main in,
0: um santa clarita diet
1: he is okay thank you i was like i know I, him i know I that i love face. that kid by the way that
0: actor he's a good act, yeah. yeah he's fantastic
1: he's a good comedy actor so good comedy actor santa clarita diet guy he hasn't been on his phone for a couple of days let's put a notification from that chick that he's crushed and take it from me one who has facebook crushed twitter crushed instagram crushed several times it's my curse I've never had that happen to me, partly because, as I said, I follow so few people that it's just never become a thing. Now, I assume if I followed 40, 45 meme accounts and my got all my news from all of these apps and whatever, that it would start doing that. Uh, but I just, I don't. I did all the best practices. So those are my big takeaways. And then that's exactly what they were telling you at the very end of the, of the film. And I was like, oh, all right. This is why I'm I'm looking at this movie and just going, "Come on, dude. Doesn't everyone know this?" It's like, "Oh yeah, maybe they just don't." No,
0: I d- I don't think everybody knows exactly yeah. how deep it actually goes. Because I mean, yes, those three dudes in different clothing are pontificating, <laughs> yeah. you know, like they're really that's kind of how the algorithm works. People don't always know that. You know, like people will comment, they'll be like, I was just talking about this the other day and now I'm seeing ads for it. And like, yeah, (laughs) that is literally how the algorithm and your phone listens to you. And this is a thing and this is a problem. And really where it's the most problem, though, is the fact that it's become an addiction and that Mm -hmm. it really supplies both dopamine you know to you to see those likes and to see people liking stuff but where it becomes the biggest issue too is you know the fact that it can like bring people's moods completely down so far down that they might even commit suicide or something uh, of that sort over you know their their crush you know (laughs) saying something on social media that's damning to them or whatever the case may be But that's where social media is so dark and has invaded our lives so much is that addiction to scrolling, that addiction to clicking and tapping and liking and unliking and following and unfollowing and just, oh my God, it's madness. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I see it too in the streaming world. You know, it's like you become as much as you are like, I'm not paying attention to my viewer numbers or I'm not, you know, you still fall into that trap so easily where it's like, oh, I only had, you know, 12 people in chat today or something like that. Or even that one little phrase, like because you use the word only, right, it's then implying that that isn't a good number
1: right, and
0: that it's a problem and it doesn't matter about the quality of the chat. All you care about then in that sentence, whether you are actively seeking it or not, you only care about the number. Mm-hmm. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. It's so easy to fall into that trap and into that addiction. And, you know, that part of the reason I stepped away for so long. Is because of the issues like this that it was causing me in my life towards worrying about viewership and numbers and things like that instead of you know what about it made me happy Mm -hmm. and the creative side of things and kind of how it improved my life like you said they only spent like the last like five minutes and that was my my biggest problem with it as well I was like, spend more time on how do we fix (laughs) this, right? Like, what do we do now? What are our next steps? Because I had already, like you, I had already turned off most of my push notifications. But because of streaming, I had, you know, messages notifying me and notifications on for my own posts. I've even turned those off now. Like, even though I'm going to be going back into streaming, I'm like, nope. You know what? These are staying off. I don't care. Like... (laughs) If the if I explode overnight for some reason and <laughs> I don't catch it until the morning, I don't care. Like, I honestly It'll still be
1: there.
0: Right. And that's how I, I I honestly like this is what I always tell people at work, too, because you know, I have some friends at work who work outside of hours and give their time away for free. And I used to as well. And I still do it from time to time. Mm
1: hmm. Your assassin friends, yeah. Yeah, my assassin friends, yes. Just free, freelance and murders, Yeah.
0: Because <laughs> um, I had to go through that at work, too, where it's like, I need to care less. Mm-hmm. I just need to give less fucks. <laughs> and I since have changed that. And I am a better employee for it when I am at work because I spend my time outside of work on me and the things that I enjoy rather than focusing on work at all. And that's huge. And so, you know, I express it to people and I tell them, like, really, you cannot give your time away for free, like ever, (laughs) you know, granted, there will be times where you need to work overtime. And if you choose to do that, that's fine. You know, that's that's not free.
1: That's time and a half.
0: Right. (laughs) You're being compensated for it then. Mm hmm. Um, But to give your time away for free is only a detriment to you and your own health and your own mental health. I always tell them the work will be there the following work day. I usually say the work will be there tomorrow, but, you know, if it's a Friday, no. (laughs) Um, The work will be there tomorrow. So just go live your life outside of work today. (laughs) So that's kind of the mentality I'm going back into streaming with is that, I'm going to try my darndest to not give a fuck about numbers and to, you know, hang out with my community that I adore so much and just kind of chill with them, you know? Oh yeah. So hopefully I can stick to that. And then, like I said, with social media, I'm going to leave those notifications off and I'm like, it'll be there tomorrow, whatever. So we'll see how it goes.
1: (laughs) You can't see me right now, but I'm beaming because, especially because of what you said earlier about just not caring Because I have found in, I I don't want to sound like I'm some hippie dippy. oh, it's cool, just don't care about anything. No, there's a lot of things I care about. There are many things I care about. But what I don't care about, so I play this game, we've talked about it before, that Star Wars uh, game. I don't care about that game. It's just a thing that I play when I got some time to kill or whatever. I don't care that I'm not finishing first. I don't care that uh, I'm not in the best guild. I don't give a shit about any of that. I'm on Twitter. I, I tweet a lot. I read a lot. I don't care that nobody hits a like on, on a bunch of the stuff that I post. I, in my personal opinion, I'm a very funny person, and if I was verified, I'd be huge. Uh, but you know what? I'm not, and I don't give a shit. That's fine. It doesn't change who I am. Instagram? I don't care that I don't have any followers. Who cares? All I do is I, I just complain about, uh, <laughs> uh hey, well... The election's over. Uh, I just talk about that and post funny things, whatever. And nobody nobody hits like. Nobody says, awesome, you're great. It's like, I don't care because I, I know that I am a good person. All that kind of stuff. I, I get all of my value from external things or internal things or whatever. I don't get it from the number of st- Oh, I miss when the like button on, uh, on Twitter was stars because then I could call them star points and it made perfect sense. When I call them heart points now... Eh, It just, it doesn't quite work. But I used to, I don't care about how many star points I get. I don't, I don't give a shit.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think what the key thing you said there, you know, is care when you need to care, Mm -hmm. care and care at varying levels for things. What you need to determine in your life is the things that actually matter to you that actually matter, right? Mm -hmm. Like that if they went away in your life, your life would be forever affected, right? Yeah.
1: Like, I care about you. If you were like, hey, can you help me with something? I, whatever I'm doing, I will flip that desk over. And then if I'm on the phone, I'll, I'll text you whatever. If you need me to drive up there and take you to the airport, I'll take you to the airport because I care about you. You're one of my best friends. Why wouldn't I? Right.
0: You care about the things that you care about, yeah. but you have to take the weight away from the things that don't matter. Mm-hmm. like you know someone talking about <laughs> their marimo moss balls on twitter <laughs> Hey, um,
1: that you know, is interesting ca-
0: yeah but if you care about that great you know but if if that literally in no no way affects your life and somehow does any kind of detriment to your life don't care about it yeah like you need to let that shit go otherwise it's going to change your mental structure and your mental health for the worse. Mm-hmm. And how can I how can I adjust my life to better suit my mental health and my mental health space? And that's really kind of what I think the essence of the social dilemma was is it's like look, this is bad. And this is a dire situation that we have here because it's sending people down this media rabbit hole anytime they even remotely like something and that's why we have this extremism in our country right we have both sides at each other's throats constantly and so that's all this is is it's like showing that more and then also telling you how you can make small changes in your life and hopefully make bigger changes overall to the industry Mm -hmm. hopefully that is the case
1: yeah just be more self-reflective self-aware maybe that's the word i should say yeah just give less
0: fucks you know give fewer fucks give less fucks just kind of in your life and on that note (laughs) i'm classy and i'm nick and we're signing off and hoping you have a good tomorrow and take care of each other and your mental health space this has been a night of the living geeks production For more information and content, visit notlg.com.